You're listening to Dr. Karen, Love and Life, right now. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril, psychologist, author, speaker, former former professor, professor, and musician. Learn how to have true intimacy. Drag down, knock out fights, and then have like really hot makeup sex, right? I'm all about living authentically and finding the best version of you and living life to its fullest. Don't stop that play button. Get connected. You know, marriage is great, but only if it's a great marriage. You know, fear can't live without thoughts to support it. Got the passion. Channel your path to a more authentic you. Living an authentic life. Listen to Dr. Karen right now on Love & Life. Welcome to Dr. Karen Love & Life. Hi there. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. I'm a psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. You might know me from my latest book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. I'm here on my new podcast. We'll be talking about living and relating authentically in all realms of life. We'll look at how to have true intimacy in romantic relationships, more meaningful friendships, healthier family connections, more productive and fulfilling careers, and we'll learn methods for staying happy, hopeful, and positive, all while channeling a path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. On today's podcast, I'm going to turn it over to you, the listener, because in every episode, I always reach out and say, hey, if you have any questions, please email me. And so you guys have been doing that, which is wonderful. Thank you so much for connecting with me. It's really great to to have this opportunity to reach you and for you to reach back out. It's like we're connecting across the miles and just podcasting in general has really helped me see that the world is a smaller and smaller place and we're all closer and closer than ever, which I think is a wonderful thing. So thanks again for for reaching out. So I want to answer a couple of listeners' questions and I'll take three that have come my way that I think really capture what folks are going through right now in dating and relationships and and some are current issues and some are just age old relationship concerns that have been with us since the dawn of time but again if you haven't been through it it's it's new to you and so as you guys know 27 years of dating so i i hit pretty much every relationship snafu possible. So I want to start with an email from Rebecca and here's what she says. Dear Dr. Karen, recently I've been having a hard time with my married friends and I've even ended the friendship with some of them because I don't think they understand me at all. And what's worse, it feels like they don't even try to relate to me anymore. For me, the best part of your book was when you talked about how some women get married just so they can be a wife and a mommy and that's just not for me. I want something real And personally, I think some of my friends got married just to be married. So as much as they can't relate to my single life, I can't relate to their choices either. So basically, my question is, do I have to lose all my married friends? Rebecca. So the first thing I'd encourage you to do, Rebecca, is check out my BFF episode where one of my BFFs from college, Miriam, who got married very young, senior year college, and I discuss all the different seasons of friendship is how we talked about it, just the different ins and outs and how it's hard when you were so close at one point and then life takes you down different paths and yet you still want to have that that intimacy as friends And it can be more challenging. So I would encourage you to listen to that episode because I think there will be some nuggets of, of, of wisdom that might be helpful for you. But the other thing I'd like to encourage you to consider is when you can't relate to your friends in their current state, 
it really is wise to make sure you've got your posse of BFFs. Now, this will be a new group of ladies because you're going to need your single girls. You're really going to need your girls to go out with for drinks on Saturday night, to go out dancing with, to go mix it up, to go to a speed dating event, or to do something that single women do to get themselves out there to meet guys. And I actually have an article on this topic that's called Help My BFF Just Got Married, where I talk about how we really need our single ladies. And and women, we are very fiercely loyal in our friendships. And so it's very hard when we go in different directions. And your best friends who are married, they may feel a little bit out of it because they might even feel just a little bit jealous. And Miriam and I talked about that in our podcast episode, that sometimes it was hard that she felt left out of my life and I felt left out of her life. Your friends who are married are going to need to talk marriage concerns with their friends who are married and and what color to paint the nursery and all these things that, that are really important for them that you really just can't fully connect to. And you're going to need to have that same sort of support with your single girls because your married friends can't fully get what it feels like to be out there on the dating scene, especially in this day and age. So I'd really encourage you to reach out to your single friends to try to fill that void And I know you've said you've had to kind of end friendships. And, you know, that sometimes happens. You know, sometimes we have to do that hard thing, which is end a friendship. But I would encourage you to more think of it as like kind of that this season of that friendship is one where you won't be as intensely close, but that that's okay. And you guys can reconnect maybe when you get married and you guys are both on more of a similar path again. Now, to to your point about some women who get married just to be married. Now, it's no different, really. I mean, think about high school and college. There were those women who had a boyfriend just to have a boyfriend, right? They just couldn't be alone. They had to have a relationship at all times, even if it was one that was pretty subpar. So that kind of person you probably ultimately won't fully connect with. But again, I just encourage you, you know, cutting someone off is pretty drastic and It may be necessary, but I'd also encourage you just to consider, hey, you know, we don't have to have that same intensity in our friendship right now, and I can find that closeness with other friends, my single girlfriends for now, and maybe as life brings you back into a similar season, you guys could reconnect and be close again. Hi, I'm Michelle from Valparaiso, Indiana, and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life. You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to her website, drkarin dot me. That's www.drkarin with a K dot me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her, Karen, K-A-R-I-N at drkarin dot me. Next, let's get into Mindy's email. She says, Dear Dr. Karen, I've been divorced for about two and a half years and the dating scene is ugly. I stopped the online dating thing about a year ago because it was so frustrating and I just felt like I was wasting my time. About six weeks ago, I met this guy, Nate, through a mutual friend and we've gone out a few times. We've had a lot of fun and I feel a growing connection. Recently, I got an email from Match because they wanted me to sign back up. The email showed pictures of available guys in my area. Guess who's on match? Nate. It really burst my bubble. He's told me he likes spending time with me, 
but that he's having a hard time getting over his ex-girlfriend, so he wanted to take things slowly. I didn't know he meant we should go slowly so he could see if there's someone better on match. What should I do? Mindy. So, Mindy, here's my thoughts on this. First of all, you are what I call a post-divorce dater, and that's a slightly different scenario than someone who's never been married. What I find when I talk to post-divorce daters or even sadly people who have lost a spouse to death, I find that because they've had that long-term total commitment in marriage before, that getting back in the dating scene is a little challenging for them because they're expecting a real quick intimacy before it's probably realistic. So here's what I mean by that. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that you're used to marriage, right? So you're used to like, hey, we're committed and we're exclusive and that's it. And so I think what happens is you you expect that a little bit too early because with Nate, he never said he wanted to be exclusive, right? He said he wanted to take things slowly. Now, in your mind, you were like, okay, we'll be together, just you and I, and we'll slowly get closer. But in his mind, he meant we won't be exclusive and we'll take things slowly as I get to know you and perhaps some other women at the same time. And because you've been married and you've had that exclusive commitment, it feels like a bit of a betrayal to you. So I'd encourage you to understand that really Nate didn't betray you and he didn't cheat on you. And it's perfectly reasonable for him to be on match or to be dating whoever he wants right now. And that's something, again, that if you've been in the dating scene as an adult and had those long-term monogamous relationships, then you understand more so than if you've been married for most of your adult life, which a lot of people have. You know, they get married right off college and they're basically young adults and then they're married. And so then when they're back in the dating scene in their 40s or their 50s, they are are not quite sure that this is the way it should go. And so it's actually kind of a relief if you look at it this way, because it's nice to know that you can get to know someone, but not close off all your options. And it's actually really healthy to do that. It's a great idea to get to know several different people at once and to not be exclusive so that you can kind of compare and contrast. And people hate that. Oh, I don't want to compare someone to so-and-so. But of course, that's what you're going to do. That's what we all do. I mean, you, you're in a relationship and you go, hmm, this kind of works for me and this kind of doesn't. So I would just suggest that you just don't even talk to Nate about it. Don't even let him know that you saw that. And just see how things go because really, and I tell daters this all the time, until you've had that talk, and when I say the talk, I mean that we sit down across the table from each other at dinner and one of you proposes that you be exclusive. Until you have that talk, what Nate does when he's not with you is really none of your business. And that's hard for people who've been married because when you get married, everything that the other person does is your business. That's part of marriage. But when you're dating, it really isn't until you've had that exclusivity talk. Now, that being said, I would also suggest that you be careful what you do because as you are getting intimate with him, he may be getting intimate with other people. So I would suggest that physically you watch what you do because if you cross a line physically that feels like too much physical connection, unless you're exclusive, you haven't had that talk. So you really can't get mad if you do something physically that then later you find out he was doing with someone else at the same time. (laughs) So these are things that daters have to be very careful of. And sometimes, again, it's harder for someone who has been married before because the expectation is perhaps a little bit out of step with what is really going on in the dating world. Until you've had that talk, you're not exclusive. 
So don't expect him to be exclusive. Hi, I'm Laura, and I love listening to Dr. Karen Love and Life every week in Evanston, Illinois. And one other thing I'd like to say on that note, it's really wonderful if a guy is so into you that he's very, very eager to be exclusive with you right away. But from my experience, those were the relationships that often burned out quickly. Like they were really hot and then they really fizzled. And I always kind of liked a guy who was willing to pace the relationship. Of course, I want someone to be madly in love with me after talking to me for 30 seconds, right? (laughs) But that's not really realistic. So I actually think it's a great thing that Nate isn't so overbearing about trying to be exclusive with you right away. That was always a red flag to me because if a guy is coming at me and after talking to me for 30 seconds is basically ready to profess love and wants to be exclusive with me, I'm worried that he's more into having a girlfriend because how can he possibly even really know me? And I kind of look like I'll do, right? Okay, she'll do. She's cute enough. She's nice enough. She's smart enough. So she'll do rather than really being fully, fully invested in me and fully, fully into me, Karen. So for me, I think Nate and you are on a great path. Hi, this is Damia Jackson. I am an avid listener of Dr. Karen's Love and Life podcast. It empowers, educates, and informs me to make better decisions in my life. I am happy that this resource is available to me. So getting into online dating leads me to my next question from Carly. And Carly asks, Dear Dr. Karen, how do you think online dating has changed the dating scene? I feel like things are really different from when my mom was dating. And so I really can't talk to her because she doesn't really get what I'm going through with the whole online dating scene and the Tinder thing and all that's going on in the dating world today that's so different from her day. What are your thoughts about all this? So Carly, I would agree with you. It's a very different landscape than years ago. And I do think it's hard for our moms and our aunts and that former generation to fully get what it's like. And I have a lot of thoughts on this, and we'll devote an entire episode to this in the future. But just to give you a few ideas to consider until we get to that episode, one of the things that I know daters feel because of the online and the Tinder and the swiping (laughs) is that they feel that people are always ready to better deal. And what do I mean by that? They feel that like they could have a really nice date with someone, but like, let's say you go out with Joe and you and Joe have this great time and you get home and you don't hear from him for a couple of days. And so you're going, what's going on? Like why we had this great date. We seem to have great chemistry. What's going on? Why isn't he reaching back out to me? And one of the things that I know goes through daters' heads is, oh, so maybe Joe thought that I was cute and smart and funny, but he can just hop online and find someone a little cuter, a little smarter, and a little funnier. So daters are feeling that because of the availability, because everyone is just a mouse click away or a swipe away, daters are worried that no one's giving a relationship enough of a chance to get off the ground and see what what could happen with it. It's like everyone's got ADHD, right? They're just boom, 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 onto the next. Yeah, you were okay, but I could probably just ratchet it up one degree if I get back online or if I get back on Tinder. So that can be a big frustration for daters. And I I think there's some truth to that. At the same time, I know that if you do have that strong, strong connection, that the right one 
is going to be able to lock in and give the relationship some time to develop to see if it's got legs to go the distance. And it kind of is harkens back to what we talked about with Mindy is the idea that initially it's okay that we're dating other people. We, we should be dating other people. And really what they're doing when they're not in communication with us isn't our business. But it can be frustrating because it does feel like there's the availability of people is just there's so many people out there. And that leads me to another point that I'm a little bit worried about. And I don't know if anyone's looking into this or studying this, but I think probably someone will soon. It's the lack of a dry spell. So here are my thoughts on this. Because we have the world in our phones in terms of our next date is just a swipe away, we don't give ourselves when we're dating periods of time that I call dry spells, which Granted, I didn't like my dry spells either. I mean, sometimes you're like, I don't want to have a dry spell. There's like not a guy in sight. And it can be so frustrating. But looking back, some of those dry spells are very valuable. They give you time to reflect. They give you time to ascertain what you really, really want in a relationship where maybe you could have done something differently in the past relationship and where you want to make sure you don't make these mistakes again. All that sort of thinking takes time. And we're not giving ourselves time. We're not allowing ourselves to have periods of dry spells where we just be and sit with ourselves and learn to like our alone time and be comfortable in our own skin. And this is all such important stuff that we've talked about a little bit in the podcast. But when it comes to the online dating and the Tinder culture, no one's doing that. Because if I'm bored and I want a date tonight, boom, I just go ahead and get myself one. That's not the worst thing in the world unless we are then preventing and denying ourselves the chance to really be mindful and reflective on our dating experiences and learning from those past relationships. So that's another aspect of the online Tinder culture that concerns me. And I guess we'll have to see where this goes. If we have so much serial monogamy or serial not monogamy that people are really not fully learning the lessons from their relationships that they need to learn. And that could be a problem in the future. Hi, I'm Vicki Zarley, and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life in Palmdale, California. So thank you so much for the emails and the letters. It means so much to know that you guys are listening, subscribing, and then being thoughtful about our topics and then letting me know what you want this show to be about. Because as I say in every podcast episode, I want this to be your show as much as it is my show. And also, it means a lot too because I know when I was in your shoes and I was out there in the scene, sometimes you would read books or get advice from people who had gotten married very young. And yes, maybe they had some credentials and they were experts in some ways. But I know for me, it really mattered when someone had been there, done that. You know, I'll say been there, felt that. Because I have. You guys know, I, I, I throw out the 27 years of dating just because the number is somewhat alarming. But I also hope that it's comforting for you to know that I've been where you are. And I know those feelings and frustration and sometimes hopelessness. And so I'm sharing with you the tools that helped me pull myself up after, you know, the 50th breakup (laughs) and really remain hopeful and positive that he was out there. And as much as I want to share all the research and all the studies and all the psychology of things, I also want to share my heart and my experience and let you guys know 
I get it. And it means a lot to me that you guys are trusting me with your questions and trusting me with your heart. So thank you so much. You can find me at my website, www.drkaren.me. And that's Dr. Karen, D-R-K-A-R-I-N dot me. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson. Facebook, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Instagram, Dr. Karen, D-R period K-A-R-I-N. And as you know, I'd love to hear from you. Email me your story or ask me your question at karen at drkaren.me. Thanks so much for subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm also on Stitcher and Spreaker at Dr. Karen Love and Life. If you head over to my website, please sign up for my Riff on Relationships. I send out one or two emails a month letting you know what we're covering on the podcast and what I'm blogging about. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Thanks to my team, communications manager Dale Gregory and producer Michelle Musso. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abral. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, make it a great week.